are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Memphis Grizzlies, 115-110. Let's break this game down, because it was close. You saw the young kind of baby Pelicans fighting. I love that out of them but ultimately it wasn't enough why was that the case because you know what this was a winnable game but is it ultimately that bad that new orleans loses so let's dive into it all and then take a look at the playoff standings here as the Pelicans fight for the 10th seed in today's edition of locked on pelicans this episode of locked on pelicans brought to you by locker room download the locker room app and join me today at 6 p.m central to get in on the action locker room changing the way we talk sports so the 115-110 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, the first time New Orleans has lost to them in the last six games that these teams have played. And look, Memphis should not be happy with this win. This is a game where the Pelicans didn't have Brandon Ingram. They didn't have Zion Williamson. And at one point looked like they were going to win and looked like they could kind of run away with this one, though it ultimately wasn't meant to be. So if you're for tanking, this is great. If you want them to be competitive, this is also great. If you want them to get into the play-in tournament, this is not so great. So two, two out of three ain't bad though, right? So this is just kind of one of those games. Again, Memphis was not inspiring in this one, but the Pelicans kind of were for a little bit, but it ultimately wasn't meant to be because you saw, I don't know what it was. You know, it, this is one of those Stan Van Gundy, really questionable games to me with some of the things that we've seen. And so to kind of look at it this way, you know, it's a tale of two halves. The first half was really rough for New Orleans. The starters in the first half were particularly rough in this game. And I commented on it that if you looked at them and their individual plus minuses in the first half, it was shocking how bad the starters were. Your starters of Lonzo Ball Minus 19 in the first half. Eric Bledsoe, minus 15. Billy Hernan Gomez, minus 17. James Johnson, minus 19. Najee Marshall, minus 13. Those are atrocious numbers. With four minutes and 21 seconds to go, the Pelicans were down three. They found themselves down 11, 13 at halftime. The starters just completely lost the script at the end of the first half. And in fact, Memphis went on a 22-11 to 11 run, a 13-point difference right there. It was terrible, terrible basketball from these starters who weren't good at all in the first half and were kind of getting cooked to a certain degree. And then in the... So you would see this, and the bench unit had been good, right? The bench of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was plus seven, Wenyon Gabriel plus seven, Jackson Hayes plus five, Kyra Lewis Jr. plus three. Those guys had been good going up against that bench unit to a degree for the Memphis Grizzlies. So you would think maybe they need to make some changes and that in the second half, you'll see a little bit more of that bench mob. And to a certain degree, you kind of did. But the flip, the script started to flip as New Orleans went on a 20 to three run to start the third quarter where the starters started doing a whole lot of the work. And in this game, you saw them kind of really get on that run and close that gap. So it was kind of a weird one. So what my, my big question was, what's Stan Van Gundy going to do to close the game? 
to close in the fourth quarter, who's going to get the majority of the minutes? Who do you want to see out there in crunch time? And that, to me, was going to be the biggest story. But it wasn't really what you wanted to see during this time to a certain extent because you did see some changes. And this was a big thing. James Johnson closed this game. So did Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Hell yeah. So did Jackson Hayes. Also, hell yeah. They took out Najee Marshall in this one, who did have a rough game overall, particularly defensively. They went with then, you know, you, again, you have Hayes, Nikhil, and James Johnson. Lonzo Ball was out there to close, which makes sense. But also Eric Bledsoe. And that's kind of the big confusing one. So why close with Eric Bledsoe, despite how poorly he had played in the first half, though he kind of started to really turn it on in the third quarter. And then... Eric Bledsoe, the closing experience during the final five minutes of the game, did not score a point. He was 0 for 1 from 3, and he had two turnovers, including that awful turnover right at the end of the game that led to a um, fast break opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies and a clear path violation. And more or less, that was kind of all she wrote on the game. You're already running out Nikhil, Alexander Walker and Lonzo Ball. Do you do you really need Eric Bledsoe in the starting lineup? And at a certain point, when do you just not play this dude anymore? But he was in there for the closing lineup, almost to an extent negating all of the good changes that Stan Van Gundy made. He went with different people. Like Nikhil should have been closing this game. Jackson Hayes should have been closing this game. I don't even hate Lonzo Ball closing this game. But why is Eric Bledsoe out there? Like, please come on on why is he out there and it led to that key turnover by him just making bad basketball plays and it is so frustrating to keep seeing over and over and over again all year long and it negated a lot of the real good stuff we saw because the Belgians should have won this so I guess if you're for tanking then yes great play you know Stan Van Gundy but at a certain point just don't do one undo the work that you guys have done throughout the course of the game to kind of get back in this one in his obsession with Eric Bledsoe all freaking season I don't know man you know Bledsoe had played kind of good in this game but at a certain point have you been able to trust and rely on him at all this year no and it's the fact that he's showing up once the Pelicans were like kind of switching to, to, to tank mode they're not outright tanking right like they're just not as good as these other teams but they're competitive it's kind of the ideal scenario and then Eric Bledsoe kind of undoes some of that stuff by playing way too competently, but then not when it actually matters. I don't know what to make of this. It's just freaking annoying and someone that I'm ready to not have on the team anymore. So as I watched this one, and you you guys were screaming the same thing. Why is Eric Bledsoe in to close this game? We knew how this was going to go. Why is the only person that didn't know Stan Van Gundy? It's kind of been a theme this season, and this game, in a way, kind of sums that all up. But there was a lot of good, and we'll talk about that coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. So before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you're in. You can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And I'm hosting rooms for Locked on Pelicans once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watching 
watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. And you have the chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Pelicans podcast through our locker room conversations. Don't forget, join me today. 6 p.m. Central. I'll be hosting a room again today at 6 p.m. Central. So go download the free locker room app now currently available on all iOS devices and in beta for Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest updates. And you can follow me. It's at Nola Jake on there to be notified when the room goes live. Can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Pelicans on Zion tanking versus not tanking. So I'll see you there today at 6 p.m. Central over at Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, continuing to talk about the Pelicans' 115-110 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. There was a lot of good in this game, and the good starts really with Nikhil Alexander-Walker and makes you wonder what what could have been. Missing him for 18 games is particularly brutal because he's just some instant offense off the bench. And over the course of April, the Pelicans' offense started to trend downward in a really negative way. And having a guy, a guard, that can kind of create his own shot and shoot the ball somewhat well would have been an important guy to really have and something that the Pelicans sorely missed during that stretch. Well, he poured in 18 points off the bench in 24 minutes of action, 8 of 16 shooting. His three-point shot was not falling. He was just 2 of 7. But he was aggressive in driving to the basket and having a guard willing to do that play downhill, which Lonzo Ball just doesn't do. Eric Bledsoe isn't really good at anymore. I, I could say so many negative things about Eric Bledsoe. It just, it's flames coming out of my head kind of thing. Um, but Nikhil is able to give you that. Six assists for him on the night two, just two turnovers. They missed him. And you could argue that he's the best guard on the team for, you know, periods of time and has been all season long and just gives you a different kind of dimension and if you would have had him when it was Zion out there is the only offensive threat but at least Nikhil's there and maybe the two-man game that they could have developed really makes you wonder what could have been but also has to make you feel really encouraged going forward we've seen some offensive playmaking he's not a point guard he's more of a two guard but a combo guard a guy who can have the ball in his hands and create some offense and it makes you wonder what could happen next year This Pelicans team looks like they have a couple of guys on the bench that could be kind of decent, depending on what you do with Jackson Hayes. And Jackson Hayes in this one was pretty good again. 13 points, 5 of 10. Valanciunas is a tough matchup for this Pelicans team. He he torched Billy Hernan Gomez throughout the game in this one. And um, Valanciunas finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds on the night. It was a tough matchup. But Jackson Hayes did what he could. It wasn't the same kind of rim protection as the other couple of games. He didn't have any blocks in this one. He struggled rebounding the ball against kind of the bigger, better, just better center. Still give you 5 of 10 shooting. And most importantly, holy crap, 3 of 3 from deep. He was just stepping into threes and launching them. Again, he's been willing to do that more and more and more. But he is absolutely willing to take those threes. And if he starts to hit them more, he's going to be a credible threat. And you're going to, you're never going to cover him out there, right? But he's going to burn you a couple of times. And if you can get some extra easy points on open threes that he takes and makes, League better watch out because eventually you might have to cover him out there. And when he becomes a credible three-point threat and some of the spacing that he gives you for Zion Williamson, plus the vertical spacing that he gives you as a lob threat, 
could be pretty good. He's a guy that can be useful coming off the bench. Just like Kyra Lewis Jr. in this one. Eight points for the uh, first-year guard on the night. 0 for 2 from 3, but 3 of 7, again, was aggressive. Trying to play make for others. Two assists, two steals for him as well. He was good in this one. He'll be a rotation piece next year. He's not ready to be a starter just yet. Better going against second units. But looking forward to him uh, taking a bit of another jump. And then the most intriguing name on the night in this one might be Wenyan Gabriel. guy who's been not really in the rotation much of the season. But a guy that a lot of people were really high on, Portland hated losing him. And when he was brought in basically on a minimum contract, you heard a lot of people really sing his praises, just kind of that hustle guy off the bench. It's going to do a lot of what you want. And he was trying to be aggressive in this one. Finished with eight points on the night, three of six shooting, two of two from deep, five rebounds too. And he fights pretty hard to go out there and do things. Now, he got blocked a lot at the rim, and he's clearly not a good finisher around the rim, and you'd like him to be a three-point shooter more so than really attacking the basket. But there's some aggression in him, which, again, just kind of fit and works, and he gives you kind of that Josh Hart role off the bench of that tough-nosed dude who goes out and just kind of does things, makes plays, and I really liked what we saw out of him. You know, the Pelicans have a player option, or sorry, a team option for him next year. They could pick it up. I wouldn't necessarily be shocked if they did. It's it's kind of an intriguing guy that's going to be cheap that you don't need to spend a lot of money on that could end up making somewhat of an impact. So if you look at this, there's the makings of a decent bench unit in there somewhere. They need to add another guy or two to it. Josh Hart certainly would help that. But it's not nearly as bad at times now that we've seen some growth from these guys, particularly Nikhil, particularly Jackson Hayes. But Gabriel's been kind of impressive, especially in this game. I liked what the Pelicans, what we saw out of him in this one. All right, coming up, there was kind of a shock win with the San Antonio Spurs over the Milwaukee Bucks. Where does that leave the Pelicans in terms of the 10th seed? Do they have a chance just yet or is it? Already over. Not quite dead yet, and I'll give you what the magic number is coming up here next on Locked On Pelicans. Today's edition of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by RockAuto.com. One reason to repair and maintain your car? Save money that you can use for other important things. Your mortgage, your food, rent, whatever it is you might be. Plus, there's like a dearth of used and new cars out there right now, so you're going to be paying an arm and a leg. You may as well repair what you have, and you can do that by saving a whole lot of money over at rockauto.com over those national chain stores that you've probably heard of. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 100% more for the exact same part? at a chain store instead of just going to rockauto.com and getting it for cheaper. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, whatever it is, they have it, whether it's your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, and you'll be able to see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action over at BetOnline.ag. There's tons of huge NBA games this week as well. So get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. And before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money right there. When you use promo code locked on over at betonline.ag, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so with the Pelicans 115-110 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, the chances for the playing tournament are kind of... Closed. Not not quite. Not 100% closed just yet, but we're just about there. And this is also coupled with the San Antonio Spurs getting a shock and big win over the Milwaukee Bucks 126 one or sorry 146 I should say 125 they almost scored 150 on the Milwaukee Bucks you know as tough as the Spurs schedule was you knew they'd probably get another game they weren't going to go winless the entirety of the way even if it looked like they could and that one probably is going to do it for New Orleans they're right now two and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks with or not with the Milwaukee Bucks that would be really cool if they were two and a half games back of the Milwaukee Bucks instead they're two and a half games back of the San Antonio Spurs that's not a great position to be in because the Pelicans only only have three games to go so basically the magic number is one they lose a game and the Spurs don't win anymore that's going to do it It, because the Spurs have the tiebreaker if the Pelicans go and win all three of their games the Spurs lose all of theirs they would get in but I don't know if that's likely to happen in this one with the Dallas Mavericks Golden State Warriors who just beat the Utah Jazz and then the Lakers in the final game of the regular season. This one's going to be tough and it probably means the Pelicans are going to be out because they have no margin for error at this point after the Spurs get that win, which means you probably want them to go 0-3 over these next couple of games and I wonder if we will see Brandon Ingram back on the court this year or if it would just make sense to kind of shut him down as now effectively because of that Spurs win the door is closed for New Orleans what you want to see over these final three games is just them being competitive you want to see them kind of do their thing and go out and compete like they did in this game like they did against the um, 76ers as well and lose and not do what they did against the Charlotte Hornets and win. This is a pretty decent draft. Anything you can do at this point, even over these final three games to increase your lottery odds is only going to be a good thing towards that. Since now, essentially, the Pelicans are not not officially eliminated from postseason contention, but more or less. And especially because the Warriors with this win are kind of controlling their own destiny for the eighth spot and not having to be in that nine or 10 spot where there's somewhat of a big difference when it comes to that. So the Pelicans road to getting in just became a little bit tougher with this loss. One we thought they could win, though, not necessarily once Brandon Ingram and more importantly, Zion Williamson were ruled out. So a little bit disappointing to see overall. So we got a little bit longer before we officially call it dead. 
And who knows what might happen, but it does look like it's going to be over for New Orleans. And we can start focusing on maybe some of the draft, maybe some of the offseason stuff as well. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Sounds like it's back on Apple. Let me know if it is for you over on Twitter at Nola Jake. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.